Welcome to the Palaround Podcast, the podcast where we just go on a bunch of adventures and call them Palarounds because it's super cute. (laughs) (laughs) And fun. (laughs) My name is Julia, and I'm here with my best pal, Tina. Hi, Tina. Hello, Julia. Hello, everyone. Well, welcome to another month of Palarounds, and we've had... Whew. We've had some. We've had some busy times. I need a break from my October, and I didn't even do everything I wanted to do. <laughs> October was busy, and it's just it's just getting busier from here on out. Yes. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about some Run Disney news. We are going to hear about Tina's whirlwind solo trip to <laughs> Disneyland. And then I think we'll wrap it up by talking about some convention stuff as well. How's that sound? You forgot one thing. Oh, I did. Tell them what I forgot, Tina. We went to a talk at the Walt Disney Family Museum. If I I know I've said it before, man, Walt Disney Family Museum, you are knocking your talks out of the park. Um, So this was a talk um, about the 30th anniversary of Nightmare Before Christmas. How could I forget about that? Right, so to start this episode, Tina, let's talk about the new half marathon weekend that was just announced by Run Disney. Trulia, are you as excited about this as I am? I know you are. I am so excited, and I am just praying that somehow I can actually get in. I was, well, let's let's tell the people what it is. Yes, yes, let's do that. (laughs) <laughs> so just announced this week, um, they said there is a new Disneyland Halloween half marathon weekend. Mm, that is, I mean, it's like they consulted us and said, yep. what theme would you like? Here you go, Julie and Tina. Here you go. The only thing I don't like about it is that is that in September. So it is going to be hot. Yes. It is going to be a hot one. Um, but the Disneyland Halloween Half Marathon Weekend is going to be September 5th through the 8th, 2024. And general registration, because the club run Disney registration is, you can't get into the club anymore. It is sold out. I did look into that. I did too. Um, <laughs> but the general registration opens February 13th, 2024. Which is not that far away. I'm curious. Is February 13th on a Friday? Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm checking here. No, I'm here. pretty sure it's a, twos- it's a it, Tuesday. You're right. Okay. I was like, that would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> it couldn't have been any more bad luck for us general people trying to <laughs> get this race. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Julie, we talked about this briefly, and mm-hmm. uh, I know we're both interested. Make arrangements now for February 13th. <laughs> There you go. And for those, uh, just in case you're interested, I, I suspect that, well, maybe, but I suspect that there might be some virtual openings. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily say it here in the description that there will be virtuals, but the right. Disneyland half marathon, which is happening in mid-January, um, January 12th through the 14th of 2024, there are still virtual spaces open for all of the races. No. No, it's happening January 30th through February 2nd. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong... 2025? <laughs> Are Why you in 2025? I am just looking at the 2024-2025. My God. Well, is there a race in 2025? Are you ready for 2025? 
they've announced it and the general registration is June 18th. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Even more news I didn't know about. <laughs> That's like, funny. wait a second. I'm just, yeah, I'm just looking at their calendar events on rundisney.com and I was like, okay. But anyway, back, back to what you were saying. <laughs> so the Disneyland Half Marathon in 2024 yes. is January 12th through the 14th. And the 5K, 10K, Half Marathon, and even the Dumble, Dumble, <laughs> the Dumbo Double Dare are all available for virtual race registrations. Yes, it's still open. I did look at that. The, I've, I'm still looking at it. Uh, yeah. You know what else I was looking at? Again. Mm-mm. Is the Ren Disney Virtual 12Ks of Christmas. The Christmas one. There is some pretty good swag that comes along with it. It is not cheap. Yeah. It is not cheap, but there is some significant swag that comes. Now, what's the difference between the Christmas Virtual and then, wait, did they have the Summer Series this year? I believe they did, but I don't I think you're right. I, I think they remember I th- what it was. I think they did. So what would be the difference just the swag because you didn't you don't get swag for the the summer series the summer virtuals it's just the yeah, you four just medals. get you just get the medals right yeah so so the happens? swag that comes with the let me find it the 12ks of christmas you get three 4k virtual races on courses of your choosing you get a participant long-sleeved hooded shirt. You get a holiday corksicle mug and hot cocoa kit. Well, that is probably the get, price right there. Right? The, and you get four commemorative finisher medals that double as Christmas ornaments, um, oh. plus the digital race bib and finisher, finisher certificates and the digital race toolkit. Okay. I am looking which at it as well. features that printable is- mile markers. So I'm like, this is kind of cute. I want to see. I kind of, I kind of really want that corksicle mug. <laughs> I'm looking at the ornaments. Not, I don't need any more ornaments, but those ornaments oh, yeah. are cute. They don't. I don't see a picture yeah. of the corksicle, but I'm sure it's adorable. Huh. There's twenty. As of this recording, there's twenty one, twenty nine days before this. <laughs> oh my God, there's twenty nine days until December. <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, but the general registration for that is $267. So basically you have to do three 4Ks, which is less than three miles per K- per race. Right. I'm confused by this math though. You have to you're <laughs> supposed to do three 4K virtual races, but there's four commemorative finisher medals? Well, One's a challenge. It says it's a challenge. Yeah, it says three 4K races and a challenge. Okay. Okay. I don't know what the challenge is. I'm intrigued. Just do it, just that you complete all three. Just do the whole thing. Because that's the same as the the summer. Which again, yeah, which again, they send you everything. So it's on the the honor, honor system. Yes. No posting of times or anything. No. Okay. I'm looking at it, hmm. and and like you said, the virtual Disneyland Half Marathon weekend is still available. Kind of shocked with Kinda similar shocked. swag, yeah. Because I feel like the virtuals on that. Well, maybe it was more towards COVID because they never really had virtuals before COVID, 
a virtual mm-hmm. option. So I'm kind of, I am, I am a little shocked by that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> but anyway, uh, good luck to both of us. Yes. And anybody else in our, in our pal group that wants to register for any of these events. May the odds be ever in our favor. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but yay, Ren Disney. I'm yes. so happy it's back at yes. Disneyland, even if it is becoming increasingly impossible to get in. Yeah, I was a little concerned when they just announced one for a long time, but uh, perhaps they're ramping up because before they had one per quarter. So now mm-hmm. we got two a year. So, okay, we're getting there. Yeah, I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see if they... It's hard it's hard to predict. There's no it way really to is. predict it. It really is. All right. Well, that was just such <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited everybody. Yes. So hopefully hopefully you followed that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but now Tina, I want to hear about you running around Disneyland by yourself. Was this the first time yeah. that you've done this? Yeah, totally first time solo. I mean, yeah, there was a couple of times when I go on trips and people wanted to rest. So I, I ran to a restaurant or took some pictures, but you know, people were in the parks with me. So this was my first time completely traveling solo and uh, going to Disneyland and doing it in one day. <laughs> Yeah, that took um, it took a little bit. I had to let go of some feelings where I wouldn't see some of the nighttime things, especially the Halloween fireworks, which are one of my favorite fireworks. But you know what? The um, trade off was kind of worth it. I'm 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 glad I did it. I I him and haunt for a little bit and just decided to pull the pel- um trigger. I got a really 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 good price on Southwest Airlines. It was literally sixty two dollars for round trip. That's I sticky. couldn't drive to Tahone on that amount barely (laughs) (laughs) so basically i did i did some math i know but i did some math and how much it would and it wasn't it wasn't girl math it was real it was real math i know not that i'm not gonna say girl math is real and it makes so much sense to me but (laughs) this was real accounting math like everybody would understood this math (laughs) and not with an eye roll so i did the math on how much the plane flight was how much my parking at the airport was here at home and then my uber trips because i did i was toying with the idea of actually renting a car because it was going to be right around the same price i just decided to go ahead and go for uber both ways so even all of that was way less than just like one night at a hotel um, down there so and let alone hotel means I would have well probably drove or well I could have flown but anyway so it was just cheaper than an, an, a one night stay so I did it no regrets whatsoever I've even toyed with the idea of going down for Christmas but so far I haven't really beat that $60 price yeah, <laughs> but uh, they're on that's pretty good yeah they're on sale but just not quite that that cheap I just I jumped in with some points and then half price stuff so it was really good so Anyway, so I did take one of the early flights to out. Um, I don't think it was the earliest flight because the earliest one had a, a stop. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So I took the the flight um, from home to Long Beach. Really love Long Beach Airport. It's such an easy airport. No, no fuss, no muss. Just go. Um, caught the Uber very, very quickly there. Very cool Uber driver. Talked the whole way about football, Disney, crazy <laughs> stuff. It was just fun. It was a great trip down there. So it's really started my morning out quite. I was in the park 
purchasing my Genie Plus at 8.20 in the morning. That's and great. Yeah. I was able to see the um, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and um, the, I don't know, was it the band? No. Uh, where they have music and they're dancing right on the train station. So I even caught the welcome. I guess that's the welcome, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so my main thing going down there was basically just to see some Halloween stuff, ride Haunted Mansion Holiday, ride Guardians of the Galaxy, Monsters After Dark. And people are like, you're only going down there for two things. I'm like, well, I was going down there for some popcorn buckets, but those sold out before we got there. Or I got there yet. We'll not talk about (sighs) Let's not talk about (laughs) right now, but and I haven't bought them on eBay. So anyway, so I was like, well, I planned to bring back some popcorn buckets, but that didn't happen. So I bought more stuff and I didn't think (laughs) I was going to get home. So it was funny because I was... uh, I was really happy that my Southwest flight, I got A group. And I'm like, yes, I got A group. And it was a good A group. It was A33 going down. I'm like, yes, I did really great. It must have been really fast. Yeah, come to find out, there was only 44 people on the plane going down. <laughs> um, So, eh. But still, uh, they actually seated us in zones, which I've never had that happen before. So that's how little uh, the people were on. But uh, we all had a good time on the, on the flight. It was a good atmosphere so even on the flight back which i'll talk about a little bit there was still only like 50 people on the plane um so i um i started out by taking a main street vehicle the horseless carriage down why not literally walk back up main street (laughs) i could have taken another vehicle but that's i could have taken pictures of the pumpkins by then Mm -hmm. uh and decided to go see how many characters i can see and meet. So that was the other thing I really wanted to do because I just I don't like to um, hold up my husband and stuff on trips and waiting for characters. So I took advantage of it. Saw Chip and Dale together, cute, super cute. cute in their Halloween costumes. And then I bounced over to the, uh, the Emporium, and there was Donald Duck in his vampire outfit. So oh, that's the only three I did decide to meet. Mickey and Minnie lines were humongous. So um, mm-hmm. I when I first got my Genie Plus, I immediately tried to. To, or immediately got the Haunted Mansion holiday. But Julia, it was down a good portion of the morning. I was a little concerned. Oh, no. Yeah. Little concerned. So I kept stalking the app. It's down, it's down, it's down. But I did have my Genie Plus. It did turn into a multi-pass experience kind of thing. But I was like, I'm not using it in case it comes back up. I want to be ready to go. And because it was a short trip, I really didn't have time to stand in a line that was an hour long. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was just going to keep that in my back pocket. So I just went on um, and, <laughs> oh, I went on Buzz Lightyear. Decided to go on Buzz Lightyear. It was a walk-on. Um, and then I thought I'd ordered breakfast. Didn't. <laughs> D- didn't, didn't quite go through all the screens. <laughs> so I was expecting Oops. to get my breakfast. But, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because... I experienced some of the best food when I was down there. In fact, I'm kind of craving it right now. I could totally go for this. So if you're ever there, I highly recommend Idlewise Snacks. Okay. And I had the bratwurst with sauerkraut. And I love sauerkraut. For breakfast? Well, by that time, it was like 11. So technically, they were no longer serving breakfast anyway. Yeah. So it was lunch. And so the the bratwurst and the sauerkraut were eleven forty nine before any kind of magic keep discount, and this is a smoked bratwurst that had seasoned sauerkraut and a garlic chive brioche bun. Now oh. I forgot to get mustard. In my case, I get ketchup. I'm sorry, people, but I really do. 
I didn't even need it. I did not miss the condiments whatsoever. Um, I was like, whatever. And then, but, oh my God. I also got the cheesy garlic pretzel bread, which is $7.49. And oh my goodness, I could just eat this. This was so good. It's a pretzel bread that's stuffed with cheese and garlic bread. And it was cheesy. It was so good. Um, So, yeah. So that was my brunch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. No problem. Uh, So then I just, I just, (laughs) I decided to write some attractions that I, again, I don't normally get on the carousel. It was great. Just got on it, filmed it. It was just a great Mm -hmm. time. The monorail, which I haven't been on for a very long time, actually. So that was fun. And then the train. Um, by the time, oh, excuse me, by the time I got off, went back up, by the time I got off uh, Buzz Lightyear, no, by the time I finished eating, Haunted Mansion Holiday was back up. So Perfect. I decided to hightail it over. And thank goodness the Genie Plus line, Lightning Lane, was not long. Like, I literally mm-hmm. almost walked onto it and it was, it was not bad Great. at all. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. So I got that out of my, out of my system. I was like, if I didn't get on those two attractions that I listed... I think that I would have been disappointed a little bit. Mm-hmm. It still would have been fun, a little disappointing. But anyway, I got on. Everything's cool. Uh, got on Big Thunder Mountain. Let's see. The train. Were the train around? Actually, a couple times. I just decided to stay on. Heck of it. Just just go for it. And that's really yeah. all I did. Oh, wait. No, I shopped. I shopped on Main Street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's really all I did. Um, took pictures and filmed. And then by that time, I think it was around one o'clock or so, um, headed over to California Adventure because I definitely needed to get California Adventure in. Like I say, I wanted to do Monster- Monsters After Dark. I did get um, Lightning Lane for that as well. Great. So perfect. But on my way, I got a little distracted. Mm-mm-mm. May I say, it was hot. I went, yeah. oct- when did I go? October 18th. I could have wore sweats. It was so warm. They've already, they had already started putting snow on the castle, right? Yes, yeah. So half of the castle, that thank you for mentioning that, half the castle had snow on it. So it was kind of cool with the pumpkins in the snow. But, uh, you know, tis the season, they got to get started. Um, so I headed over to California Adventure and I decided to walk through um, Elias and Co. because, you know, air conditioning. Yeah. And as I'm doing it, I see, oh, what is her name? I wrote her name. Oh, okay. So Molly the Messenger. And Fifi, mm-hmm. the photographer. Ooh. Now, see, I thought it was Donna with the dog, but it's actually Fifi. And now this, her name is Fifi, and she's a photographer. It sounds more like the, oh, so there's no more dog lady. No, no more dog lady. Was the was the dog's name Fifi? No. And they just gave it to the photographer? I don't think so. Um, although, okay. you know what? She was mentioned on the, the entertainment. So she might be there, but she wasn't there when I was walking through the store. So they were just in the okay. store obviously because they were hot conditioning as well and early in the day i decided to get a celebrate button and said you know first solo trip that'd be fun and i actually mm-hmm. got um not a lot of attention but got people saying congratulations how fun you know so it was a great conversation starter because i love mm-hmm. talking to people anyway so it was kind of fun um so i'm walking through the store i see them in this area but i i was started going to this other um stand to look at some product and they came up to me and they noticed my button and this i think i met two new friends 
Let's just I say it. it was great. They were talking to me about my trip and how I was doing and why I came down by myself and I'm going to enjoy it and do all this other stuff. And then she brought Molly over and then Molly's talking to me and I got my first telegram. It was Yay. so cute. They made it out to my husband and it was from Buzz Lightyear. She said it's going to be Buzz Lightyear and she said, Thank you for um, sharing Tina with the universe. So it was cute. I got my, it was really cute. But um, so it was fun. I'm sorry. So it was fun. And then we took some pictures. I asked if I can take some pictures. And just to let you know, if you take a picture with Fifi, she will take your phone and take a bunch of <laughs> selfies. And they are called selfies. Cute. So I got some selfies <laughs> of Fifi. Cute. So anyway, so then at right that time it was... Um, almost time for my um, guardians. So I went over there, enjoyed that ride. Uh, oh, I forgot to say, one of the other things I got over in um, Disneyland, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but in Disneyland was the, I, this, it's, it's, it's worth a mention, it's the Guava Agua Fresca. I could have mm-hmm. had the Guava Agua Fresca, the bratwurst, and the pretzel bread and just been totally happy. No problem. Nice. So that was $6.99. And it's a, it says it's a refreshing guava water served with a slice of fresh pineapple. And let me tell you, on that hot day, it was so refreshing. Hit the spot. Yeah, it really was. I could have probably had another one later on. But I didn't have time because I ran out of time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't do too much at California Adventure. Um uh, I did ride um, Mater's Honkin' Halloween. Is it? No. Mm-hmm. Is it Honkin' Halloween? Okay. No, ja- no, no. Jamboo, Jamboree. Jamboree. I didn't get on Luigi's Honkin' um, Halloween because that line was a little too long. I did Radiator Springs, single line, a uh, single rider, of course. And then for dinner, I had at Aunt Cass Cafe, which is the creamy mac and cheese in a bread bowl. This might be one of my favorite things now since they got rid of my chicken salad there. Mm-hmm. And um, if that was twelve forty nine, there. So then I decided, you know, what, look, I'm a I'm a bigger girl. I'm always late. Let's start two hours before my plane leaves to get <laughs> situated. I had to buy churros and caramel apples. So on the way home for the people here, for my family, I was like, let's just get started. And then I started panicking that I bought too much stuff. I want to be let on the airplane because of size limits. So. I started going there and then of course shaboom started so i'm like oh well i gotta watch the boom it's the halloween so there's mm-hmm. there's sidetrack number one and for anybody that doesn't know that's the lighting of route 66 in cars land yeah and then for for halloween they start off with shaboom the normal song they do mm-hmm. And then it gets turned into a spooky song. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The lighting um, sequence is still the same, but the, the song will change for something Halloween-ish. So go get the churros, a little line. Go get the caramel apples, a little line. And then I'm trying to find these bags, <laughs> the shopping bags. And I had to go to like five different places. So now I have, I'm an hour into my two hours, right? Mm-hmm. And then, oh no, I have to go back over to Disneyland to get the stuff I bought. I'm like, please don't be a long line getting into Disneyland. So no problem. Got into Disneyland, got my stuff, and now I can't get an Uber. So after a canceled Uber, after trying to get an Uber for about 10 minutes and then canceling on me, trying to get another Uber, I am down to less than an hour by the time I get into the Uber. And Mm-hmm. To say my blood pressure is a little high at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but lo and behold, we got to the airport with 15, well, maybe 20 minutes to spare. Mm-hmm. 
thank goodness my flight was the last one. So there's no one at Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And if you know Long Beach, you know that it's it's not a problem. Um, mm-hmm. Went through um, security. <laughs> they had to scan my stuff three times. And I'm thinking, no, no, please don't do this. Please don't do this. I've got to go. <laughs> As I'm standing there sweating it. Um, they were like, what are these sticks? And I'm like, sticks? They're like, do you have lollipops? I'm like, lollipops? No. I'm like, oh, caramel apples. So the caramel apples mm-hmm. had to get scanned through twice because they weren't quite sure of these like, sticks. What is this? I'm like, you're more than welcome to look. They're like, no, no, that's all right. So then I went to the wrong gate. Come on. Again, if you know Long Beach, there's only two <laughs> ways to go. I go left. Should have went right. And as I go right and get into the southwest portion of the airport, they're calling my name over the loudspeaker <laughs> as in to announce my arrival. So I'm running down with these bags. I'm here. I'm here. But lo and behold, got on a plane. Everything was great. No problem. Only 50 people on that flight. So again, free reign. They didn't care how much stuff I was carrying on. They didn't care about great. anything. So you took a whole <gasps> overhead compartment. I did. It was mine. It was totally, <laughs> there was no one in front of me, no one behind me, no one across from me. I mean, it was just perfect. Yeah, it was, it was fairly empty. But so anyway, whirlwind. My experience, totally do it to it again. Maybe allowed three hours <laughs> to mm-hmm. start winding down because evidently on my own, I'm a hot mess. So, <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I'm so glad you had fun though. I, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I had fun. I mean, how can you not have fun? I didn't, I didn't think that yeah. was going to be the problem. So, but would I do it again? Heck yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, I know you were more worried about the logistics of it than the actual yeah. being at Disneyland because you you have no problems making friends. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Do you think there will be another solo trip to get yourself down there for Christmas? That I'm not sure of. I've got quite a few things coming up for Christmas, um, and I'm not sure it's going to be in the budget or the time strain. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll just yeah. have to see. Never say never, well, right? At least, never say never. At least you got to see Haunted Mansion Holiday. That's yes. the best Christmas, right? Yes. <laughs> Fantastic, Tina. Well, I'm glad that worked out um, and that you weren't too tired to then go to <laughs> the Walt Disney Family Museum with me to see a pretty exciting event. I know when they announced it, I sent it to you immediately. You were like, do you want to go? And you were like, duh. (laughs) Of course I want to go to this. So they announced, I think back in September, that they were going to have a an event which is was called This is Halloween celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Nightmare Before Christmas, which just reading the title is exciting. But then we read the lineup of the guests that were going to be there and we're like, Mm. yes, we we must go. Um, So we got to hear Cat Alyoshin, Todd Lookinland, Anthony Scott, and Henry Selleck who all worked on Nightmare Before Christmas, and I was especially excited to hear from Henry Selleck, who was the director of the film. He has also directed several other very amazing stop-motion animation movies, such as Coraline. I believe he just did um, Guillermo Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. 
Um, so he's still working in the stop motion animation universe. And it's really just such an amazing form of animation. I've always been fascinated by it. What about you, Tina? Yes and no. I appreciate it. I don't think all of them hit, hit home for me, um, but mm-hmm. um, it it is an art form. I don't know how they have mm-hmm. the patience for it, um, but I just know, what they do point, is just yeah. wow. Yeah. At one point during the Q&A, they were asking, I think they were asking Anthony Scott a question. I don't remember the question, but basically, oh, I do remember the question. They were asking... Back when they filmed Nightmare Before Christmas, which was 1993, was when it was released. So in the early 90s is when they were working on this film. And the technology was such that you couldn't immediately watch what you just did. Um, So you had, it was a very different editing process. Um, And Anthony Scott said, yeah, it's pretty intense and laborious. And if you get two seconds of film in the day like that's a good day mm. i i can't Mm-mm. even imagine <laughs> i was kind of expecting more like two so patient yeah nope. i was like like yep. two minutes two, two seconds seconds that yeah that is just absolutely amazing so i appreciate the work that goes into it for sure yes um something else that they talked about that i feel like i knew at one point but did not remember before they mentioned it. But they filmed it in San Francisco. Solely. Like, it. Yeah. they said they had no satellite offices. Um, I mean, back then, you didn't really have Zoom or anything like that. I mm-hmm. was quite shocked about that. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel like I should have, like, had that in my memory and in my facts <laughs> before then. But yeah, they had Skellington Productions, which was somewhere on like 7th Street in San Francisco, which isn't that far from the Walt Disney Family Museum. Um, but to start off the the presentation, they showed a little short film, which I forget who they said was taking their their camcorder around and filming stuff as they as they were. It was it, one of the four. Yeah, of it was them. Tom Lookingland. Okay, it was Todd Todd Lookingland. Yes, um, and he just he just filmed stuff throughout the the making of the movie and put together this little short, kind of like a a family home video. Like you you must have those from the eighties and the nineties. <laughs> we have a whole cabinet full of. <laughs> family videos like that um but it really showed how intricate and painstaking the process is from like you just barely have to move the puppets you have to like change change that it's just it is a special kind of artist for sure (laughs) that an animator that um goes into that line of animation um but it was really cool to see like from the time all these little different pieces of history in in film on their their little home video. Yeah, it was like when he mentioned they were in go back to San Francisco. I took like a little bit more pride in knowing mm-hmm. that this wonderful film was mm-hmm. built in the Bay Area. It was yeah, just and cool. I I think did did they mention that ILM they probably helped with the sound 
which is was also just right down the street. I could be making that up, but I feel like they talked about ILM. No, I believe well. ILM it was involved, and I and actually I just rewatched it after we after we went to the talk, and they are in the credits, so they definitely okay. had some kind of involvement in there. Yeah, um, but they did mention also, you're talking about in the the short film that they they showed, mm-hmm. um, which I hope they distribute on some kind of special. Yeah, you know, after they, things, you know I think what? that'd be worth they, it. Yeah, I, they should add that to like the um, the extras yes. on Disney Plus. Yes, for sure. But they it, at one point they said that there were two hundred and twenty seven stop motion puppets that were used during the film. Mm-hmm. That that was interesting. Yeah. Nineteen mm-hmm. animators and eleven supervising animators. Yeah, so a little trivia. So it there was for you. it wasn't yeah it wasn't a huge crew. Mm-mm. No. Um, and we also found out, which I also feel like I've, I can't for the life of me figure out where we heard this, but I feel like we heard this. Um, two of the people that were talking, Kat Alyoshin and Todd Lookinland, they have a podcast called We Know Jack. Um, it had, they haven't released a new episode for a while, but I think they mentioned that because they had Henry there, I think, I think a new episode might be on the way. Um, but they have talked to a bunch of different people that worked on the film. Um, and you can find that podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yep. It's called We Know Jack. So, And if you're a Nightmare Before Christmas fan, I think you're definitely going to want to listen to it. <laughs> and I believe they said they started that podcast on the 25th anniversary of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they have quite a few episodes out there if you want to go back and mm-hmm. listen to the older ones. Yeah. I do have um, – I have a couple of – highlights here i'll do that so so uh, during the talk they they did mention that the original title of the title sequence of the film was going to be in candy corn um Mm -hmm. and they did show some of the scenes where they were uh, writing out the um the words and then uh, gluing them with candy corn they were real candy corn by the way uh Mm -hmm. but decided to scrap that or they had to scrap that because they decided to change the name instead of Disney's Nightmare Before Christmas to Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. just because Disney does it was a little darker than they wanted and that's why they mm-hmm. um, released it in under the Touchtone picture's name so they right. had to go back and um, and redo the title sequence but it was originally supposed to be Candy Corn I thought that was kind of cool yeah the, they were show they had a bun they had like a photo slide. I'm not I don't have any words tonight but they had they had a bunch of photos that were being shown up on the screen behind them and they kept cycling through all of the candy corn credits which I kept looking at I was like that's really cute why don't I remember it and then they told that story it's like oh, okay yeah yeah so it's it's not just me getting older and forgetting things at a scary rate but um yeah um and I I do wonder if releasing it under touchstone because it wasn't like all that well received when it first came out Mm -hmm. like it's just it's years after like the home video it like it it's gotten legs since being in the theaters which is always so interesting yeah and i honestly i i watched it and didn't really care for it when i first watched it as a movie but then i wrote haunted mansion holiday and it exploded for me in fandom, mm-hmm. and then I went back and watched the movie and just adored it after that. So that's yeah. when it started clicking for me. And they were saying mm-hmm. that it didn't, when it first came out, there wasn't a lot of product for it. But now that yeah. it's, you know, obviously popular. You can't, yeah, you can't go two feet 
in a <laughs> Disney park or a hot topic without yeah. Jack Skellington being on something. Yeah. Um, you mentioned ILM earlier, and there was mm-hmm. some kind of relationship there because one of the, um, who was it, Pete Kozachik, he did the graveyard. They were saying that he did the graveyard scene, and he was um, more of a cinematic photographer than anything and this is some of the what some of the stop motion films have been missing is a cinematography type of mm-hmm. um way Look. to the look to him yeah mm-hmm. so when pete came on he wanted to use <clears throat> excuse me he wanted to use some of the um uh i don't know ways of how they they shot star wars because he did um, a lot of work on the star wars films into night before christmas but they didn't have the cameras for that and they didn't have the budget Mm -hmm. for the cameras for that so pete came in and offered to make the cameras himself uh, Mm -hmm. with the deal that he was able to take them um, with him when he um, left so just even that i mean i think we take for granted how movies are made but you realize that wasn't available how how crazy was that 30 years ago and then someone comes in from working on star wars with this experience. And, and let me tell you, some of those scenes in there were, they were saying that where they sweep down from the mountains and through the Christmas mm-hmm. town. Um, it, it really shows on film, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, they, and they were talking about, um, as they were going through making this movie, they never had a finished script. Mm-hmm. So they were just kind of like going section by section. And to, to get the songs, Tim Burton basically just sat down with Danny Elfman and was like, okay, here's what's happening in this section. And then Danny Elfman would write the song and then they the animation would come after that. Um, but I was just like, that is crazy. I wonder if that would even happen today. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it wasn't. And the reason they didn't have a script is that the, the first um, script writer was Michael McDowell and he fell ill. And so he was unable to finish it. And but they did bring in um, a friend of Carol, excuse me, a friend of Danny Elfin's, Caroline Thompson, mm-hmm. who was able to stitch in some of the scenes and the songs. And they said that she was even able to keep some of the original scenes that Michael McDowell wanted into the film, which included mm-hmm. um, Sally jumping out of her window and sewing her back herself back together. So they did pay a little mm-hmm. tribute to the original script and everything. But to do this kind of work with no script and have that kind of result. It's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I feel like, um, so something that they talked about is just how magical it felt on set and how a lot of the, the animators and the crew members that went on to continue working on other movies. They've, they've even said that working on this movie was like the, best time they've ever had in their career and um henry selick weighed in on that by saying that really they didn't have like the studio politics like you get on a lot of other productions because disney was making this film as a gift to tim burton because they wanted him to come back and work with them because he had had major success with like batman and beetlejuice and um yeah, they, they wanted to have a project with him. So really, they would give Henry Selleck some notes. And Henry Selleck was like, 
would go to Tim Burton and be like, well, like, what do I do with these notes? And Tim Burton was basically like, well, if you like them, do them. If you don't, don't. (laughs) (laughs) And that was that. Like, there was nothing that the studio could say because they were making this movie so that Tim Burton would work with them. That is amazing. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, we've heard stories of Jeffrey Katzenberg being Uh kind of difficult and having the power. Very strong opinions. To say, Mm -hmm. yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not going to do that one. Uh, Thanks for your input. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The other, they had some great stories, by the way, but, Mm -hmm. and I think we can probably do an hour long just on the stories, but I want to test your trivia here. Okay. And Julie, you'll, you know that the answer, but what (laughs) does Nightmare Before Christmas and Toy Story have in common? (laughs) <laughs> I was wondering if you're just gonna go there. It's too, nobody, it's too yeah, nobody outside of this presentation, unless they have talked about it on their podcast, is going to ever guess. <laughs> I, I, we had some great laughs in this. So, um, who was it that found it? Oh, I have his name, and I'm, it was Jerome. Oh, Jerome, Jerome Ranft. Ranft. Yeah. So, who is the brother of Joe? Joe Ranft. Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe Ranft. Yep. Who both worked at Pixar. Mm-hmm. So there's there's one clue of how it's related. So anyway, so Jerome Ramped went outside of the uh, studio here that they were at at Seventh Strength. I think it was called San Francisco Studios. I think they said that. Went out there. There was some kind of bird leg, pigeon leg or something they said out there. He brought it in. Mm-hmm. It became a religious type of artifact. And they... <laughs> they I don't know where they put it, but all of a sudden it was named the claw. The claw. <laughs> and you got to think about timing too, because Night Before Christmas is 93. Then they must have turned right around and gone and worked at Pixar because Toy Story came out in 95. Right. And Jer- Jerome Ramped went over to work at Pixar and actually worked on Toy mm-hmm. Story. So he brought the claw from Nightmare Before Christmas, which was a bird leg. From Nightmare Before Christmas from the studio. So I was just I like, no, never, no. <laughs> never have picked up a bird leg. And did you see the pictures? They were showing some pictures, some slides, and they actually had yeah. wrote the claw on the wall yeah. because they did um, write on the walls quite often there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they did. They talked about their space a little bit. They're like, it was the most unassuming, <laughs> dirty, just like disgusting place but they were making this movie and it was magical and henry henry selick saw the potential in the in the space and clearly he was right yeah yeah and it was it um whose whose wife it was um henry's wife that recommended the studio Mm -hmm. she was she was worked in the business as well recommended Mm -hmm. the studio and i guess the studio had made quite a few films because in front of it there were handprints of the stars that had worked on the film including whoopi goldberg now they say the studio is no longer there, so I don't know if it's worth a trip over there to check yeah. out. But oh, and then they were saying down the street, three blocks down the street, the city decided to make um, to build a jail, and yep. they were using pile drivers, and yep. <laughs> it would shake their building and their cameras. So they said they they got used to filming in between the pile drivers. So it's like, oh my. <laughs> goodness that is wild all this this, uh, things going on around him um yeah so several voices were obviously recognizable in this 
uh, movie, but one of them was Sandy Claus, or maybe one of them was Sandy Claus. And what they wanted, Tim Burton wanted Vincent Price for Sandy Claus. Which would have oh, been amazing. I, I, I mean, he was I good. Vincent yeah. Price. Yeah. Unfortunately, Vincent Price was ill and he was not able to uh, perform the voice. Um, they So they hired a local actor, Ed Ivory. But he's, they said some of the other voices that were being considered were James Earl Jones. I don't know if I can picture that. Because no. to me, he's always Darth Vader. Yes. So I... I, I that. That and he, it, the story they told, he was not impressed with Danny Elfman <laughs> at all. No, kind of, kind of came back in with his tail between his legs there after our conversation. Yeah, and he's like, okay, maybe not him. <laughs> and then the other one, <laughs> I don't know if I can picture this one either, was Don Amici. But <laughs> they said he was a pain in the, you know what? And he was horrible. And just bad. He was horrible and bad. Just bad. <laughs> like, Oh, no. I th- I think they cast the perfect. If they couldn't get Vincent Price, I think they cast the perfect, the perfect Santa Claus. They did quite, <laughs> quite well. <laughs> Which I think just just a newfound love for this movie after that talk yeah. and coming home and rewatching it, um, just mm-hmm. knowing what they did for the scenes. Oh, they did say in this the graveyard scene where. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jack Skellington falls from the sky. There's actually mm-hmm. tombstones in there of um, the people that worked on it, including what Cat mm-hmm. and Todd both had um, mm-hmm. a grave uh, tombstone in there, and they actually brought him to the event, so we got to see them. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah. And they're not they're not big. They were like maybe nope. eight to twelve inches tall. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, but speaking of re rediscovering this movie not that i ever lost it because i i have loved it since we brought it home on vhs <laughs> in the 90s um but they they and i'm not sure it might still be in theaters but they did re-release it into um theaters for the 30th anniversary and i know this wasn't the first time i saw it on the big screen because every year they do release it at the el capitan and like I don't know if they're still doing like the 4D, but the year I went, they were doing 4D, which had smells oh, wow. and you know 3D glasses and interactive stuff. Um, but just seeing it on the big screen is amazing because you can really see all the detail. You can see like fingerprints oh, wow. uh, on the puppets. It's just it takes it to a whole other level when you're watching it that way. Nice. Um, nice. So I highly recommend if you can see it on the big screen go see yes. it um and take take your little ones with you because it's 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 spooky but it's sweet yes it's more sweet than spooky yes cute what do they call it they called it cute spooky so mm-hmm. i think there was a couple of people referencing Cause, that because they all yeah they all they all all the characters in tim burton films have have hearts yes. like it's all the, there is a heart at the center of every one of his films yeah um and that's what henry said he said it's very moving moving to see new generations have this movie shared with them and i i see no end to that insight not at all not at all especially with oogie um, boop oogie boogie bash i mean he's the star of the halloween parties exactly so congratulations to everyone who worked on that film bravo and con- congratulations to the Walt Disney Family yes. Museum. You are just yes. hitting it out of the park, and I am here for it. 
thank you. They have they have announced another talk that's happening in December with John Musker, yes. which is a big deal. Um, coming up this weekend. So when this show releases, this is happening on Saturday the fourth. Um, the the sons of Richard and Robert Sherman are going to be at the museum talking about their dads, the Sherman brothers, who I don't know how you can't love the Sherman brothers. <laughs> um, so exciting stuff coming up. Yes. Um, also at the Walt Disney Family Museum, they're releasing, and I think this is going to go on throughout this year, next year. But yeah, I think yeah so. they're bringing out special artifacts from the archives. And right now they are displaying a letter that was written by Walt Disney to TJ. T.J. Davis, which was the mother of Virginia Davis, who was in mm-hmm. the um, Alice comedies. So it's a full, mm-hmm. the full letters there, original letter. Um, it's not going to be there for a very long time. I'm not sure how long they're going to rotate these things out. But uh, these items from the artifacts have never been publicly displayed, I think they said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So a little bit of the Walt Disney 100th exhibit that's being that's that's touring the world uh, we get a yeah. little piece of it in san francisco yeah and it's really cool and the reason they're highlighting this letter is because it was written on october 16th 1923 which is the same day that he signed the distribution contract with winkler productions for the for the alice comedy nice. so kind of like the start of the studios the start of the studios so it is very appropriate and it's it's cool to see his actual handwriting yeah it's it's very similar to what they you know the fonts and stuff they use now, but it's nice to see it in person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go check that out, and that is for that is on on view for free. It's in their lobby with all of his other awards. So even if you're not going into the museum proper that day, you can still see some cool stuff in that in that lobby exhibit for sure. Awesome. We love the museum. Too. Yes, we do. I've asked Santa, or should I say Sandy Claus, <laughs> for a season pass or membership. Excuse a me. Membership. Yes, yes. Yay. <laughs> nice. That'll be nice to have you back in the yes, fold. Yes, I miss it. Um, but I want to talk about now some conventions. One that we went to a couple months ago and one that we're going to this weekend. On November 5th. Yes. This weekend. let's start. This weekend's busy. We're starting off November. This weekend's busy. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yep. I know. Um, we are going. Let's talk about when we went to SAC Anime, Tina. And I want you to tell everybody really why we went. For one reason and one reason only. And that was Don Bluth. Don Bluth. That's it. The <laughs> Really the. The elusive. The man behind. <laughs> The elusive Don Bluth and the man behind every movie that, that gets mistaken for a Disney movie. Yep. <laughs> That's true. I mean, Land Before Time. I- I'm going to give that oh an honorary gosh. Disney movie title because so it's so cute. Good. Fievel. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, 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 so many good movies. Yeah. So that's all. That's what we, so we did get his autograph. He had quite a few things there on sale. Um, Some posters. I think mm-hmm. one of his books that's not mm-hmm. in, in print anymore. He was able to draw you pictures, which took the mm-hmm. line so long. 
but I can only imagine how wonderful that would have a piece of art from him. Mm -hmm. And um, but yeah, no regrets. That was that was a that was a pricey. It was was a pricey one. But it's you know what? what he's done in the industry where he's been so i brought my elliot a nine inch vinylmation and had him sign elliot since he was the um what supervising animator in that movie and also um was in charge of elliot so i felt that wasn't um warranted and julia what did you bring i brought an original poster of um an american tale and so we got our autographs from Don Bluth. And then right next to Don Bluth was the voice of Fievel. <laughs> so I got him to sign that too. <laughs> now they had quite a few people there from American Tale as yeah. well. So almost mm-hmm. um, it felt like like five, including Don Bluth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish I had my Elliot Landfly backpack <laughs> at that time. But, I you know. know, it's okay. It's okay. You've got it I now. Do. But uh, that was that was a great day, and and you know we t- walked around the floor a little bit. We that was a Saturday. He was only yes. there for well, that's well, what we thought. He was only supposed to be there Saturday, but evidently they were doing yeah. a panel, which would have been great to listen to. But it was yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Our, uh, we truly recommend going to Sac Anime yes. on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> it's oh, the crowds. Much calmer. <laughs> it's much calmer. So if you can, go on Sunday. But if your guest says he's only going to be there on Saturday, you best be there on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, there was a line. <laughs> That's what we around thought. Around the building. It went fast, but around yep. the building to get into the convention center. Yep. But um, yep. And it's, it, there's, you know, that downtown's a great place. There's a lot of places to eat, too. So you um, can pop in and out, which there's in and out privileges. So highly recommend. And uh, hopefully there'll be somebody there you yeah. want to see. If it's not clear, the sack was Sacramento. Yes. yes. <laughs> but sack anime is always fun. And there's always some kind of Disney tie. And while Don Bluth it stands on his own, he also does have Disney ties. Yes. So that's always fun. Yes. Um, but we have another convention coming up. MouseCon. Yay. I love MouseCon season. Yeah, it's always Halloween, and then the Sunday after Halloween is always MouseCon. Wait, the Halloween, change your clocks, MouseCon. (laughs) MouseCon. I'm not quite as worried about changing the clocks now that, you know, our our phones just do that automatically overnight. (laughs) Thanks, phones. (laughs) So my emergency alarm will always be going off at the right time. As long as the aliens (laughs) don't invade the satellite, we're fine. (laughs) Perfect. Um, but yeah, let's talk about MouseCon. Yeah. It is coming up on November 4th um, in Concord, California. That would be November 5th. So, no, it is coming up on November 5th in Concord, California at the Concord Plaza Hotel, which is just so stinking easy for us to get to. Oh my to. gosh. It's great. And they have quite a lineup of guests. Um, yeah. They are going to have, let's see. Oh, let's just say, Nikita. let me go back a little bit. It's go. from 10, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., so only the one day, and it's only $10. Yeah, 
it's a steal. it's a steal now the the talent may charge the talent will and may charge for their autographs but we found them very affordable have, the panels that they have yeah. are part of your price the shopping yep. the whole nine yards so can't beat that yep. price you really can't um, and speaking of the guests, uh, they are welcoming Nikita Kalame Harris, who was the speaking voice of young Nala in The Lion King. So she's all grown up. Disney legend Tony Anselmo, voice of Donald Duck. The lovely Irene Bedard, who is the voice of Pocahontas, and she always is interesting to listen mm-hmm. to. Uh, Eden Gross, the voice of Flounder in Little Mermaid. The, car- the cartoon little version. The, mm-hmm. the, yeah, is that the, the, the TV show? Yes. Um, they also are having Lorna Cook, who is an animator, director, and artist, and she worked on movies like Lion King and, um, Beauty and the Beast. Um, she also was at SAC Anime, um, in the same row as Don Bluth because she worked on an American tale and the lamb for time as well. They also are going to have Amy O'Neill, who is the oldest daughter in honey. I shrunk the kids. Um, Dan Molina, who worked on. He was the voice of the fish out of water and chicken little and the editor in planes, fire and rescue as well. That's working on Land Before Time in American Tale. <laughs> yeah. Great. <Welcome laughs> See, Dan. they should be Disney movies. Come on. Yes, they really should. Um, Mimi Gibson, who is the voice of Lucky from 101 Dalmatians. If you don't know, Lucky is the cute little puppy with the red collar. Yes. So if you're looking for something to get signed that is specifically Lucky, Lucky has a red collar. Um, Mary Gibbs, who is the voice of Boo in Monsters, Inc. Um... David Frankham, who is the voice of Sergeant Tibbs in 101 Dalmatians. Uh, John Morris, the voice of Andy from Toy Story 1 through 4. And we might also want to mention he's not listed on the website, but Jeff Bam will be there in some capacity, (laughs) probably professional, but also he will be there just to have fun too yeah they um, haven't announced any of the so. panels yet unfortunately so don't know the schedule on that but usually they have a schedule yeah, that, at the thing at the uh, yep. site so it might just be a surprise on yes. the day but i'm looking forward to it it's always a fun time we always have some laughs buy some good stuff see some friends yeah see see what everybody's selling yeah. and looking forward to it it's a great way to kick off the holiday season for sure and one of my favorite pal rounds throughout the year. Yes, it has worked for us since we've um, been going for since the beginning. Yeah, I think I've only the missed one because yeah. it was on a Saturday, I think. And you were working. Or I was traveling. Something was happening. <laughs> I wasn't available. Probably at Disneyland. It's possible. <laughs> it's ha- It's been known to happen. <laughs> but I think I think we will wrap it up here thank you tina yeah you're welcome thank you um so we are looking forward to some good pal arounds and we'll probably talk to you about MouseCon yes. and some disney trips the next time we talk so until then keep palling around <laughs> and we'll see you soon bye everyone happy holidays bye